0: people take it for granted. They just assume that competency will create conversation. They assume that if you just run a good business, people will notice that and talk about it. But that's not actually the way people behave. Makes sense on paper, but it doesn't make sense in the real world. Nobody ever says, hey, let me tell you about this experience I just had. It was uh, perfectly adequate, right? Nobody ever says that. It's like, it's not a good story, right? There's no story there. And so if you want your customers to tell their friends about you and you do, you got to give them a story to tell. And that story is a talk trigger. So how we define a talk trigger is that is an operational choice that you make that is designed to create
1: conversations. That was Jay Baer. And in this episode, he shares how to create talk triggers that will turn your customers into volunteer marketers who will grow your business for you. Jay is a Hall of Fame speaker, a New York Times bestselling author and the most inspirational expert on marketing, customer experience, and customer service. Jay is also the president of Convince & Convert, a consulting firm that works with the world's most iconic brands like the United Nations, 3M, and Hilton to gain and keep more customers. If you're looking to clone your customers and create a customer experience that keeps them coming back for more, you'll definitely want to stick around for the rest of this episode. So let's jump in. You're
0: listening to the Content Heroes Podcast, where entrepreneurs, marketers, and creatives share how they've built profitable businesses on their own terms by creating content online.
1: And now, your host, Josiah Goff. Welcome to Content Heroes, everyone. I'm here with Jay Bear, who is the founder of Convince and & Convert and author of six books, including Talk Triggers and Hug Your Haters. Jay, I'm super pumped for our conversation today. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm uh, fired up to be here. Thanks for being a hero. Awesome. So I definitely want to dig into your most recent book, Talk Triggers, and how to turn your customers into volunteer marketers. But before we do that, can we dig into your origin story and um, share with us the journey that's taken you to where you are?
0: Yeah, it's a little bit meandering, perhaps. I started in in politics. I was a political campaign consultant. It was my first career. did that for a little bit and then got into what we would now consider to be traditional marketing. In fact, I was the spokesman for a state agency when I was just 24 years old or something. I was the spokesperson for the Arizona Department of Juvenile Corrections. So my job was to give tours of the juvenile prison, among other things, which was uh, super sweet. And I decided I didn't want to do that any longer. I ended up joining an internet company that was owned by some friends of mine from college in 1993. So they did dial-up internet access and very, very, very early web design. So early that when I started at this company, domain names were free. You could just get any domain name that you wanted because why would you even want a website? Like, why would you pay for that? And that same year, my partners and I in that company sold Budweiser.com to Anheuser-Busch Brewing for fifty cases of beer, and <laughs> we we were like, dude, we got a great deal. Like we totally killed it. Uh, and so it was a long time, man. So so. Since then, so that's 27 years ago. Uh, I've been involved in in digital marketing and customer experience ever since. I've had a series of consulting firms uh, over the years. My current firm, Convince and Convert, was founded in 2008, and we work with uh, lots of big brands, helping them get better at content marketing and social and and uh, and customer experience. And I spend a lot of my time. Or, I did when we still did these things, uh traveling around and giving presentations at conferences and and to corporate events, but uh, that's a little bit on pause uh, at least as we are recording this
1: awesome, so let's dig into your book, Talk Triggers. What I love about this book is you know when most people are focusing on their top of funnel and you know s- setting up all these awareness campaigns and and really you know focusing on their online presence, what this book focuses on is creating such compelling um, customer experiences that your customers actually market for you. Yeah, Can you share with us the big themes in the book? The observation
0: was that the best way to grow any business, it doesn't matter what kind of business it is, the best way to grow any business is for your customers to do that growing for you. And one of the things that we've also observed is that many of the most successful companies in the world advertise the least because their customers do that for them. The, the customers are the sales and marketing department, at, at least at some level. And I think everybody knows that word of mouth is important. It's pretty rare that a business person says, nah, Jay, we don't really care about word of mouth, that doesn't matter. Everybody knows it's important, but, but nobody actually organizes their business as if it was important. In fact, the the numbers show that fewer than 1% of all companies have an actual word-of-mouth strategy, which is amazing considering how important word-of-mouth is. And that's because people take it for granted. They just assume that competency will create conversation. They assume that if you just run a good business, people will notice that and talk about it. But that's not actually the way people behave. It makes sense on paper, but it doesn't make sense in the real world. Nobody ever says, hey, let me tell you about this experience I just had. It was uh, perfectly adequate. Right? Nobody ever says <laughs> that. It's like, not a good story. right? There's no story there. And so if you want your customers to tell their friends about you, and you do, you got to give them a story to tell. And that story is a talk trigger. So how we define a talk trigger is that it's an operational choice that you make that is designed to create conversations, right? So if you're a restaurant, the talk trigger isn't our food is good, because guess what? Most restaurants' food is good, which is why they're still in business. And good food is what they paid you to do, right? The talk trigger has to be something that people don't expect, because the more they expect it, the less talkable it
1: is. I love that. Can we dig into how to go about forming, like figuring out what these talk triggers are?
0: It's an important point because how most people want to do it, it's like, yeah, Jay's right. We need a differentiator. We need a talk trigger. So what we're going to do is we're going to get in the conference room and we're going to get some pizza and we're not leaving until we come up with a good idea. It's like, well... Yeah, but if it was that easy, you'd already have one, right? So there's a fairly significant methodology that we've developed that we use in our consulting firm and have in the book as well. If you go to talktriggers.com, you can download the six-step process. I won't get into the whole process here because it gets a little granular, but one of the keys to understand is that there are four requirements of a talk trigger, four things that must be true for your differentiator to successfully create word of mouth every day, week, month, quarter, and year. And that ongoing nature is really important because I'm not talking about viral marketing. I'm not talking about a PR stunt. I'm not talking about this thing that you did this one time that everybody talked about and then that was the end of it. When you have a talk trigger, it can work forever. So for example, have you ever been to a Cheesecake Factory restaurant? Yeah. So the Cheesecake Factory restaurant makes all the food. Their menu is almost 7,000 words long. Now, the book talk triggers is like 45,000 words long, right? So it's like 20% of a whole book. They make a uh, chicken. This is true. I actually looked this up. They make chicken, I think it's 60, yeah, 65 different ways, right? That's, a, that's absurd. Like that's, They're like inventing ways to make chicken. And if you go on social, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, and do a search for Cheesecake Factory Plus Menu, you will see dozens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of online word-of-mouth mentions of the size of the menu. That is an operational choice. That is their talk trigger. And it works for them every day, right? That's one of the things that people know to be true about Cheesecake Factory, and, and that's kind of the story that people tell. And that's the first of the R's. The first of the four R's is that you have to be Remarkable. And that's in the true definition of that word, which is worthy of remark, a story worth telling, right? If if it's something that everybody expects or they've seen it all before, they're not gonna tell a story about it, right? I I would never say, hey, guess what? Uh, I went in the corner and there's a light switch there, right? And I flicked a switch and the lights went off. (laughs) right? I I wouldn't tell that story because that's how electricity works. And everybody knows that. So there is no story there. So the first thing that your talk trigger has to be is remarkable, a story worth telling. The second thing that you have to have is a differentiator that is repeatable. And what we mean by that is the tendency amongst a lot of marketers is to say, oh, we're trying to create conversation, we're going to do a thing. So what we're going to do is set up something where our best customers or our biggest customers or our newest customers get this special deal and then they'll talk about it and it'll go viral or whatever. That, this is like when somebody checks into a hotel and there's like a koala bear in their room, right? And they're like, Oh my God, there's a koala bear here. And that guy like puts it on Instagram and then like goes on Reddit and then you know, NBC calls or whatever, like that might work, right? Or you might just have like an invoice for koala rental and that's it. If the premise of a talk trigger is to maximize the conversational power of your customers, and it is, then you want to make sure that all of your customers have access to it. Right? So it's not like if you go to a Cheesecake Factory, only some people get a giant menu, everybody gets a giant menu. If you go to Doubletree Hotels, everybody gets a chocolate chip cookie when they check in. Not only if you're in the Hilton Honors Rewards Program, everybody, every time. Right, So repeatability is a big part of the Talk Triggers formula. That's the second R, remarkable, repeatable. The third one is that it needs to be, or really should be, reasonable. And what I mean by that is, again, the tendency for a lot of marketers, if they're trying to create conversation, is to shock and awe people, is to say, all right, look, here's what we're going to do, guys. Everybody's going to put their name in a fishbowl and we're going to draw one out and somebody's going to win a Caribbean island, or some crap like that, right? And you're like, wait a second, these guys don't have an island to give away. As it turns out, and this is a little bit counterintuitive, when you give somebody an experience that too grand, too grand, it actually doesn't create conversation. It stops the conversation because it breeds suspicion. So your talk trigger needs to be something different enough to be remarkable, but realistic enough to be trusted. You got to thread that needle. Doubletree is a good example, right? They give out 75,000 cookies a day. The cookie is their talk trigger. It's incredibly successful. They've been doing it for 30 years It's a lot of cookies, but it's just a cookie, right? It's not, we're going to give you the hotel. We're going to buy you a Bentley, right? It's a cookie. It doesn't have to be giant. And the fourth thing is that the talk trigger needs to be relevant. Wherever possible, it should make sense in the context of who you are and what you're about. So there's a locksmith in New York City. He's the number one rated locksmith in New York. Highest Yelp reviews, tons of word of mouth, crushing it. When he goes to your apartment, your business, whatever, and and rekeys it or does locksmith things. Before he leaves, he does a complete security audit of the premises, checks every door, every window, and says, you know, you might think about changing this. This could be forced entry, etc." cetera. Does all that for free, right? Locksmith security audit, okay? Doubletree Hotels has a chocolate chip cookie, which may not make sense on the surface, but their brand positioning is the warm welcome. They want to be really, really good at the check-in process of the hotel and so the warm cookie, warm welcome makes sense. But if you reverse those, it wouldn't make sense, right? So what if the locksmith comes to your house and he's like, hey, thanks for having me. You know, finish the locks. Before I go, would you like a warm chocolate chip cookie that I baked in my locksmith van? <laughs> like, no, dude, I don't want that at all. And it's totally freaking me out. Right. So so a talk trigger isn't about creating conversations because it's shocking or bizarre or wacky or weird. It's about being unexpected, but still being relevant. And that's the fourth R. So it's remarkable, repeatable, reasonable, and relevant. Those are the four things that must be true. Uh, And in the book, we've got dozens and dozens of case studies in different industries of, of how to make that work. And then where your content marketing comes in, is your content then supports the talk trigger, right? So so you use content to, to draw attention to it, to support it. Doubletree, for example, has an annual cookbook of cookie recipes that are created by their executive chefs, that kind of thing.
1: That's fantastic. I'm curious, the examples that you gave are more brick-and-mortar businesses. I'm curious what you've seen from online businesses, how they implement this. There's tons, actually. One of my favorites is Moose Jaw. If
0: you know that brand, they're an e-commerce company. They specialize in outdoor gear, so they're kind of like an REI. I guess would be their their closest kind of product category competitor. But their talk trigger is actually one that's a little bit difficult to do for a lot of brands. It's talkable attitude, and that's what you're a little bit where you are a little bit wacky, weird, funny, irreverent. And they are amazing. The funniest website copy, the funniest email shipping confirmation emails, the funniest live chat. I mean, it is hilarious. Every single thing they do is super duper funny. And that is the talk trigger, right? So yeah, they'll sell you a sleeping bag, but so will a lot of other people. But no one else going to sell you a sleeping bag and you're laughing the whole time. The other one that I, I love from an online business is Uber Conference. Do you know those guys? Yeah free phone calls over over the internet, VOIP kind of stuff. There are so many companies that do that. The exact same product, like exactly the same free call on the internet, whatever. Like you're not going to outprice them. It's already free. But their differentiator is the on hold music. So if you show up to an Uber conference call first, they have this hilarious on hold music, which is actually a song written by their CEO and performed by the CEO about a guy who shows up to a conference call, and then he's like, where is everybody? This sucks. And then he leaves, and everybody else shows up, it's like the thing that everybody's used to. It's such a good song that actually touring rock bands have covered it, like in concert, right? <laughs> and that is their talk. Trigger. If you go to Twitter, or G2 Crowd, or any of those kind of places, and you, and you do a search for Uber Conference Plus on hold, you'll see massive word of mouth. And, like, and, and this happens like every day. it's like, yeah, I mean, the, the service is fine. But the only reason I use Uber Conference is because the on hold music is so funny, right? It just shows the power of <laughs> right. word of mouth.
1: I think they can let you customize it too, because I've also been on calls where I got rickrolled. The on so hold, so good. Music yeah, they custom- added that relatively recently. Flow. So,
0: yeah, you get you get the standard song, which is hilarious from Alex Cornell. But then, yeah, now you can upload your own. I've not heard anybody rickrolling somebody on Uber Conference, but I love that idea, and I'm going to put it into practice ten minutes from now. <laughs>
1: So once you've kind of got your talk triggers in place, you mentioned your content marketing supports that and kind of amplifies that. I imagine that there's got to be a balance there though, right? Like how do you go about that in a way that, that feels organic and doesn't feel like you're just, you know, you're, you're forcing it?
0: Yeah, it's a really great point. And I can't give you a specific answer on that because it is a balancing act for this reason. I've said that the talk trigger has to be unexpected to be talkable. And if you lay it on too thick with the content marketing, it's no longer unexpected, right? If you make it the star of all of your marketing, then like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen because I already read like the ebook about it or whatever, right? So you want to do enough content where it's sort of a nudge, a reminder, an amplification of the differentiator but you can't steal the thunder from the differentiator. So I'll give you an example again from Doubletree. Doubletree, every once in a while, will do some social media about the cookie. When they get the new cookbook out, or every once in a while, they'll retweet somebody who is saying he has the best cookie in the world, whatever. But one of the things they do, which isn't really content marketing, but give you a sense of kind of this balancing act, every single shuttle, airport shuttle, that Doubletree has in the world is vinyl-wrapped. And it has a big cookie on the actual shuttle, right? So there's not even any copy. It's not even like, come here, get a free cookie. It just says Doubletree, Sweets, you know, Tulsa, or wherever you are. But on the back, it just has a cookie. It's just, it's just a little reminder, right? Just a little nudge, like, oh yeah, this is our thing. You, and you can experiment with it and see how far you can push it. But, but it, it really is a supporting mechanism to sort of connect the dots with customers and prospects psychologically without giving it away. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. But
0: you got to feel your own way with that, right? You got to grope around in the dark and kind of find your own balance depending on the company and what the talk trigger is. Some talk triggers are easier to illustrate from afar as well or explain and others really have to be experienced. Uber Conference is a good example. Like They don't talk about it um, hardly ever, if ever, in their marketing. Because what are you going to say? Use us our on hold music is funny? that just sounds stupid, right? Like until you hear how funny it is and you actually experience it, you're like, oh, that is genius. But if I told you, hey, use our conference call service because our on hold music is funny, you'd be like, dude, shut up. That's stupid, right? So sometimes you kind of have to experience it first and you can't tell them about it, right? Cheesecake Factory, the same thing. They never talk about the size of the menu in their own promotions, uh, but they probably should at some level. Because if you can't find something you like at Cheesecake Factory, you don't like food. Like there's, like it's the best place ever for picky eaters because it's like you'll you'll be fine. There'll be something. Worst place ever to be a waiter because you're like, hey, you guys ready to order? Like, no, I'm like totally yeah. not ready to order. Give me another hour.
1: Yeah, when you asked me earlier if I'd ever been there, I very hesitantly said yes. <laughs> it was like a little too many trips to Cheesecake Factory. Probably. Yeah, it's
0: good. It's good.
1: <laughs> so Jay, I'm curious from your perspective where you feel like digital marketing and this whole conversation is headed uh, into the future especially kind of given the current events and i know there's a lot that's unknown right now with the you know coronavirus crisis and all that but what should we be paying attention to over the next you know couple of years i don't know that anything virus related
0: changes the existing trajectory of changes in what works in in marketing and and I think it's kind of two things one relevancy is the killer app right people don't have time to waste they don't want to go down a, a rabbit hole for for something that doesn't actually benefit them so the more that you can hyper customize and personalize your content whether that's through AI and machine learning or just by saying, hey, we're going to make a podcast or any other type of content for a very specific audience and it's it's okay. We want to be the best possible podcast for a 1,000 people instead of an okay podcast for 10,000 people, that, that sort of specificity and relevancy is very much the trend, and I don't think that's going to abate. And the second piece of it is that we trust each other more than ever, and we trust businesses and organizations less than ever, which again, really emphasizes the importance of word of mouth. If, if I tell you to go to a restaurant, you're more likely to go than if you see an ad for that restaurant, period. That's just the truth. And that's also fueling the rise of influencer marketing and and how real people, even if they are, quote unquote, influencers, have the ability to drive behavior change and change in thinking disproportionate to organizations themselves. And so we'll see more and more of that in the periods to come. So I would say two things. One, make your marketing as much as possible about people. And two, make your marketing as specific and relevant and useful as you possibly can.
1: That is fantastic. So Jay, I'm also really curious to you know, get your thoughts on, as a you know, customer experience expert, one of the things that, that I've seen is because working with online content creators, I think that because there isn't that physical interaction, yeah. the customer experience, the customer interchange or exchange gets knocked down the priority list. It's not top of mind nearly as much. So there isn't nearly as much of a focus on the customer experience. Yeah.
0: It's totally true. When the when the customer's not standing in front of you, it's easier to 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 sort of ignore the customer, right? You're just sort of like, yeah, it's it's out of sight, out of mind, in large measure. It, it's incredible how how little attention people pay to existing customers. I gotta tell you, like we're we're in a in an economy right now and for who knows how long that is probably not going to be the best. And I've been telling all of my clients, like the number one thing you got to do right now is stop worrying about new clients and instead make sure you never lose a client. Because if you start getting into a churn situation where people are leaving and you got to refill those people, man, it's going to be really hard to get ahead. And And so... I think just categorically, there is way, way, way too little attention paid in businesses of all kinds, online, offline, to retention and probably disproportionately attention and resources devoted to acquisition. And that's just as true on the content side. Like, If you think about your content creation and where that content creation is targeted in a funnel, it is almost entirely, you've got tons of stuff top of funnel, some stuff mid funnel, a little bit of stuff low funnel. And like a microscopic amount of stuff post-purchase. There's so little content created to ratify the purchase decision of your existing clients and to convince them that they should keep buying from you and or tell their friends about you. And so it's one of the things I really encourage folks to think about right now is what content can you create that convinces your current customers that they made a great decision when they hired you, and that they should keep doing so. Uh, we actually do a lot of what we call customer marketing at convince and convert for our clients, where we interview our clients' customers and then put together ebooks and webinars and video series. You know, almost like a very complicated set of testimonials and case studies to continue to ratify and, and reiterate that they're customers have made a good decision. It's it's something that is easy to overlook when times are good. You're like, "Ah, if we lose a customer, man, we'll just get another one." It's so easy to we'll just run some more Facebook ads and we'll get some more customers. But yeah, man, it's not going to be as easy as it once was. So I would uh, put some additional emphasis on making sure people aren't leaving the back door.
1: Man, that's great advice. Like how do you typically recommend people approach that content? I think because there's so little emphasis put on it, a lot of people, when they go to start, they're like, I don't even know how to go about this because it it is different than the top of funnel stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's the same way that you would go about mid or low funnel content creation, and it really should be based on customer questions. And maybe you actually have the actual questions written down or in your head, but if not, you can model this exercise fairly simply. Just grab a piece of paper and say, all right, If somebody has hired you or paid you or bought from you or whatever, what questions do they have right now about whether that was a good decision? What questions do they have about how easy would it be to cancel or maybe I should cancel? What questions do they need to have successfully answered in order to repurchase and just methodically create content that answers those questions? You just have to understand what is in people's heads And then the best way to create content, and I talk about this a lot in my book, Hug Your Haters, is to create content that answers questions before people think to ask them. And so you just have to put yourself in their shoes and say, all right, if I had bought from me and I was trying to trim expenses, and I was like, maybe I could stop paying this person for this thing or whatever, what would I need to know to say, nope, that is an essential expense? And then how do you create content to sort of drive that point home?
1: Oh, that's great. I love that.
0: And one of the things you can do in that regard, if you haven't, just talk to your customers, right? It's one of the challenges, I think, with online businesses in particular is that, you know, the customer is just an email address, but they are a lot more than that, right? They've got fears and kids and challenges and worries just like everybody else. And so if you haven't spent time recently or ever on the telephone with your customers or a Zoom call or whatever, now is the time to do it. Because the people who succeed in the next two years, and I believe this wholeheartedly, are the people who have a greater understanding of customers and can create content, products, services that those customers truly need. And that's all about customer understanding and frankly, empathy for the customer. And so this is not the time to not know everything about your customers. And and if you don't do this, I would say, look, I'm going to make a commitment starting today. Talk to three customers a day. Right, just put it on your calendar three customer calls a day and you'll be amazed what you learn and you'll be amazed at what a better business person you are as a result
1: man that's fantastic so Jay I'm also curious about where we should focus like what format should we be focusing on creating content
0: it's interesting every time I see the new stats I think well there's no way that video consumption can get larger because so much of content is video already and then every time the data comes out it's even more which is truly remarkable. And now you see even things that didn't used to be video-driven are now video-driven. And what we always tell our clients is, you might as well make a video. Because if you have a video you have audio, you just take the audio track out. And if you have a video, you have text, just transcribe it and clean it up. So if you can, if there's any reason that you possibly can, try to start with video and then down sample to other content formats. Because if you have, if you start with an ebook and then you're going to turn it into a video, well, how, how's that going to work exactly? you Are going to do a video of somebody reading the ebook? Although that would be kind of funny. <laughs> Fireside chat of uh, your CEO reading the ebook. I kind of like that idea, actually.
1: Actually, take a video of it printing off first and then <laughs>
0: exactly exactly yeah so so i think ultimately if you can start with video that will allow your content program to be much more efficient it's not always possible of course and by no means am i suggesting that video per se is the only or or in some cases even the best format it's just from a content production standpoint If you start with video, that gives you the raw materials to do a lot of other things. It's difficult to do it the other way around.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, Jay, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you being on the show today. Before we hop off here, can you share with everybody where they can connect with you online?
0: You bet. Best place to uh, find all of our stuff is at convinceandconvert.com. We have more than 3,000 articles for content marketers, managers, business owners, etc. Also, my main podcast is Social Pros, all about big company social media marketing. As I mentioned earlier in the show, the website for the book is talktriggers.com. Lots of stuff there about how to build a word of mouth strategy for yourself and your business.
1: Fantastic. And we'll make sure all that's linked up in the show notes. Thanks again, Jay. And to everybody out there listening, go be a hero. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the content heroes podcast. I just wanted to take a second and let you know that we have some amazing guests planned for the coming weeks. So if you haven't already go ahead and hit subscribe so you can make sure to catch every episode. And if you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and leave a five star review to help make it easier for other content creators to find and enjoy the show. Lastly, I'd like to invite you to join our Content Heroes Facebook community where you can connect with other online content creators to share, learn, grow, and have fun. To join the group, just visit contentheroes.com slash Facebook. Once again, that is contentheroes.com slash Facebook.